0: you. <laughs> You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer.
1: Meh. Textual, Textual healing. healing. Everyone, just a casual reminder, because Alan just twisted my arm to say it. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash you're making it worse. We have an extra chat there on a weekly basis and lots, and you get, I think, a bumper sticker. Yeah. Um, if you join for more than, I think, two months, you get an automatic, you're well, making it worse. And
0: what did sticker, we talk about you know. today? Let's give him a little tease to get him to- Oh,
1: we talked we actually, today was, was there was a there's a lot of drama going on in Elliot's yes. apartment building, and it ain't just because his legs are yeah. spread well, out.
0: Or, spoiler alert, and it's not because he's porking.
1: He's <laughs> not porking, spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert. And we also talked about some of our r- favorite run ins with monster celebrities. Monster? Uh, and spoiler Montersly alert, uh, I'm a little bit cooler than Alan because I play it cool and he doesn't. But we. <laughs> or
0: shall or move Brent on. ignores people at parties <laughs> that ignores, are sitting right next yeah. to them. That's what it is. Brent <laughs> ignores Adele.
1: <laughs> hey, you just blew it. You blew the surprise. Uh,
0: I-, I talked about better. So that right. good.
1: Oh, you. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. So this week, oh, good Lord. Um, so Gallup, uh, which is obviously a polling company, and Kidsave, Save, which is a thing I have no idea what that is, um, <laughs> conducted a poll entitled The Americans' Views on U.S. Foster Care. And there were some very interesting findings. Americans who identify as LGBT are significantly what more about likely the Q? than non— uh, what about the Q? What about the I? What about the U, the unhinged community? Good question. I don't know. That wasn't included in the press release. And so therefore, I think we should cancel Gallup and Kids Save. Um, anyway, that said, gay people are a lot more likely to express interest in fostering children than non-gay people. 37% of LGBT adults have seriously considered fostering a child and 32% have seriously considered adoption compared to 23 and 15% of non-LGBT adults, respectively. More than 4 in 10 LGBT women, 44%, have thought a lot about fostering or taking steps to get started uh, compared to 30% of LGBT men. However, there's a downside, and that's, I guess, the point of this whole article. More than a third of LGBT adults say that discrimination they, they may face due to sexual orientation or gender identity is a major barrier to getting involved <clears throat> in foster in foster care. In fact, those who are LGBT are more than three times as likely as non-LGBT individuals to say possible discrimination is a major barrier. Um, I do love the idea that uh, non-gay people would be afraid of uh, <laughs> would be afraid of discrimination. <laughs> it's like what, do you, what who's discriminating against straight guys? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> right. Um, well, there is. We've, we've talked said, about it on
0: this podcast before, actually.
1: Oh, like s- like single single, single, single straight, straight men yeah, adopting very, very
0: or true. fostering. Yeah, it's a big thing.
1: Yeah, very very true. So, Alan, I you've talked about this several times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you are a huge proponent yes. of adoption and fostering. Yes. So I thought why well, would get your thoughts first? Oh,
0: he thought about me first for once. How sweet. Wait, I I'm
2: also I'm also I mean I've talked about it too. I yeah, love, but I, I mean... have a
0: relationship with it Elliot that you don't because I am the I am the <laughs> I right, have a child you guys talk at the I'm same the time. child of an ado- of a That's foster like, yeah. child and an adopted child. So thank you. That's um,
1: right. Elliot, how, how dare, dare you? you?
0: Um I God, I'm not always trying to take the show. You can't pork enough, can you? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, my mother was a foster kid for many years and then was adopted um, later on when she was much, a much older child. I think she was like seven or eight when she was adopted, um, which is rare. And oftentimes the parents who are or the people who are fostering children are fostering children that aren't babies waiting to be adopted necessarily. They're older kids who oftentimes just have to ride the wave of foster care until they reach an age where they can just go out on their own. And that is often what happens in the United States because so many people don't want to adopt an older child. And so, I I mean, it makes me sad because I think that like queer people, people in general, if you are qualified and have the financial means and the love and the ability to foster a child, be you single, be you queer, be you in a couple, in any capacity you are doing and i don't even necessarily believe in this but you are doing the literal lord's work by taking in yeah. those children into your home and taking care of them for a short period of time until whatever transpires they age out or they get adopted or whatever happens and it and they do such hard work too that 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 makes it so rewarding that said there is a lot of abuse of the foster system too because there are financial benefits to fostering children that that's often people take advantage of in different states and mm-hmm. so it just, it just bums me out that like, that- There would be any barriers be to any someone barrier. doing the right exactly.
1: thing. Exactly, yeah.
0: yeah, it just really yeah. bums me out.
1: What about you, Elliot?
2: Um, I would, I, I mean, I've only thought about f- like foster, foster, adoption and fostering, I guess, mm-hmm. um, for myself. And it does seem like, so, I mean, obviously it's, it's an incredibly challenging thing to go through but I find it to be so noble of course. I, in anybody who does it. I just, I feel like it's such a noble thing to do to save somebody who was born here into terrible circumstances, or maybe
0: not even and terrible, but just because of, maybe because not. of circumstances yeah. they are in the situation. Exactly.
2: There. That's what I mean. Like into, into such un, into unfortunate circumstances, yes. however, they may come up like to Less save, ideal. Sure. Yeah. And just to like, to save a kid from that, And show them, again, in an ideal scenario, love and attention and help them like find a healthy life of some kind. It's just so noble. And I think it's, I don't, I'm not, I'm, of course, I understand the barrier that queer people face in doing so, but I am not surprised that more queer people than don't, than not are the ones who I think probably understand why it would be important to In the process of becoming a parent do so in a way that provides some sense of protection to somebody Mm -hmm. who might have already um you know encountered bad you know poor circumstances
0: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah
2: that being said i think it's so funny that brent wrote i have to write read what you wrote which you said anecdotally you hear so many horror stories of families that don't care about their foster kids do it for the money or one of their parents is a perv (laughs) etc <laughs> One of their well, parents are a perv. It, it,
1: it, it's interesting. If it, this came up, someone was talking about foster parenting on, on the Los Angeles Reddit recently. And I was blown away. I mean, of course, this is anecdotal, not, you know, uh, uh, scientifically sound, but I was blown away with the number of people who wrote comments saying that the, the, the majority of uh, foster parents are getting into it for the money. And and again, again, I'm not saying that's, that's statistically sound, but it just, I, I didn't even know that there was money involved yeah. until like not, a year or yeah. two yeah. ago. And, and then, it's something my yeah. mom
0: dealt with quite a bit as a child. And, and this was a different day, obviously. I mean, that was when, that was in the late yeah. 50s, early 60s. But there was like a tax break or something that people got that that helped them. So the more kids they brought in, the more of a tax break or whatever they got. And it just, and so she, Got put through a lot of homes that were just super, super shitty and essentially were just workhouses mm. where she would just come in and Ugh. have to be hired help, essentially. And
1: I, I Googled mm. it. I Googled it and it said uh, the, one of the headlines, it was like number three, said earn up to nine thousand dollars a month for fostering kids. Like it's a get rich rich quick scheme. Yeah. It mm, blew me terrible. away. Yeah.
2: yeah, if you really want to feel good about queer people fostering kids, there was a show on ABC Family you know, okay. free Form. Called well, the Fosters. That was technically for teenagers. Love that show, yeah. I. It's yeah. about a lesbian couple who have their share of problems, okay. but their their common bond is in fostering children. Mm-hmm. And they, it is just, and that, they
1: are doing it for the money, correct?
0: No, no, it's a no, gritty drama money, about two evil parents, <laughs> <laughs> two evil it's lesbians. Like the,
1: the... It, it's it's like The Wire, but with lesbian <laughs> uh, foster parents. Not even joking.
0: We are joined today by a longtime friend of the pod, Matt McConkie. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) I know it is so rare for us to have return guests, but considering we've been doing this podcast now for I don't know how many years, it's bound to happen, and we have, we've only had a few return guests on, and you are one of them. Oh my God, The, the greatest
1: honor.
3: Yeah, I mean, at a certain I mean, point, you are gonna run out of of queer and queer adjacent people. There are only some of us. Yeah, correct? You know, it's true. I mean, queer and
1: que- more like we've run out of friends. We have no idea who to bring on the podcast at this point. It's, it's, we're just down to like vague acquaintances who have like a gay cousin.
3: Uh, <laughs> I know the feeling.
2: No, I mean, I, I mean, I do most. Of, I most do most of the booking, and I try to, you know, without without poaching, I just try to, you know stay abreast of pod friends like you and Dave with Mm -hmm. homophilia or you know a few a few different gay like and queer adjacent podcasts and it's like it's that world and I'm surprised that we've only had a few uh uh, double guests at this Mm -hmm. point because yeah I I I thought I I had the same thought that we'd be we'd run out sooner than later but here we are I think it's been like six
1: years
3: yeah yeah
1: yeah, we we have a an invite out with Barack Obama. We haven't heard back from him yet. Um so we'll probably have him on soon. It I'll usually run. happens yeah. that when he's uh, not
3: available, people come to me. So Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, one thing I do want to talk cuz I mean, you were previously here because of your podcast with Dave Homophilia, which is now it's still running just like our podcast. It's been on forever. It's now part of Wow, right? Yes. World of Wonder podcast. Yes. Podcasts. Yeah. That's right. And and you have a new podcast well new ish because it just it started i think last year Called and just like Matt, which I think both Elliot and I have been a guest on. Brent, have you been a guest on it? Am I rubbing that in? I am I rubbing hesitant. that in? All right. Uh,
1: some of us. I mean, I will say I will, say, I will say,
0: I will say. I believe Matt, you probably asked Elliot to do it, whereas I begged you to do it. So I don't remember it at all. You uh, I,
3: listen, that? you know, you were always on my vision board for it, but <laughs> I'm glad that you you um, brought this out immediately because, like, I came here with an agenda, which was to get Brent to oh. come on the show. But I also,
1: <laughs> well, just, just
3: fully like parasocially not knowing you at all, Brent, I, I'm assuming, I mean, I know Elliot has like, I would say a healthy relationship to Sex and the City. H. Allen makes me look like I like a, the most casual fan in terms of like yes. obsession. Sure. I'm guessing <laughs> you are not like a devotee. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I have I have a a a d level relationship oh with God. Sex and the City. I remember. I was going to say Brent. Brent uh, didn't
0: even. Know, Brent didn't know what the reference was when we started the sentence. <laughs>
3: he doesn't. <laughs> well, do just, you just know what it clarify, is now?
0: Just to clarify, for anyone out there who might be a Brent, because you know everyone is someone in this podcast. You're either me, you're Brent, or you're Elliot. So if you're a Brent out there, Matt's podcast mm-hmm. and just like Matt is themed around the Sex and the City inspired, not reboot, but inspired Revival. show and just like that revival and just like that oh, and it's a fantastic yeah, yeah. podcast where you recap episodes of not just the current seasons that are coming on but also you go back into sex and the city lands too and talk about those universes as well and you've had like people on like the creator and director and the genius behind it
3: all Ma- Michael Patrick King and so many other people so like you're kind of doing great shit over there with that thank you so very much yeah michael patrick yes. is my closest friend um, and mm-hmm. uh, I, that's uh, just a, a bit that is, um, <laughs> yeah. amuses no one. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has been um, a fun ride. Um, and yeah, started with and just like that, and did both seasons of that. And then just sort of like, because I refused to go away, I was like, what if I went yeah. back and covered all six seasons of Sex in the City and the movies? And so we're wow. doing that, and you know what? I love everything from the Sex and the City multiverse, including and in just like that. Same. But it, it is more fun to dig back into the original. Yeah, yeah. I was so
2: surprised when when I did when I did the podcast, like going back and watching. Uh, I think it was a sec. Oh no, second or fifth season. What episode did you watch, actually. Elliot?
0: The one with Valerie Harper as Justin Theroux. Wow, that's a good one. That is a good, that's a canon one.
2: Well, I I forgot how sort of low budge the show Mm -hmm. was and looked and didn't have it wasn't necessarily even at that point about, like, frilly tutus and, like, you well, know, Cosmo it's not and it's even shit. about it that like,
0: later, but we can get into that fight if you want. Um. <laughs> well, whatever. It just,
2: it just was, like, kind of rough around the edges <laughs> and, like, stodgy, I guess. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the right word. And it was such a nice surprise to be like, oh, like, they look like people with, like, normal teeth. And, like, they don't, mm-hmm. like, and, and just, like, that takes place, I, like I said to Matt, it's, like, is this are we on mars everything looks cgi everyone's face is cgi it was so nice to go back and see like the old weird show where they were like where it was like not didn't feel like a cultural phenomenon that had been like dragged. let's start
0: with and just like that matt just a little bit you respond to elliot but also like why what was it about and just like that that made you want to do a whole podcast about it because that is a that's an endeavor
3: yeah. I mean, it was literally just the title, just the fact that my name rhymed with it. That was really the, <laughs> the only, only reason to do it. You're so, Hollywood. I, no, You're so I, Hollywood. I think, um, I, I think I was, I was having a lot of conversations with it and I was like constantly in it in the position of sort of like jokingly defending it I, and, and, and meaning it as I defended it, but also like, uh, understanding the criticism and it, I don't know, feeling like, this has reached a deafening roar. Why don't I just add to it? Um, But I I think I also was like, I would, I'd like to, I don't know, highlight the um, more positive side of this Mm -hmm. experience. Um, But just going back to what Elliot said, it's interesting Teeth have come up a lot, especially as we've like jumped oh. back and forth into the past. And now j- just like seeing people with real teeth versus seeing what people, people's teeth look like on TV today. Um, mm-hmm. That really comes into focus when you're going back into the the nineties. And the other thing is um, pubic hair comes up. So much pubic hair was so important to sex in the city in a way that I kind of forgot about, like that. There was a moment in time where it felt like we were all talking about what shape people's pubes. Elliot, was there a pube storyline in our episode? God, I... If there was, it's I blocked hard. it out because I don't.
0: Because I, I don't think there was in that episode. There was a penis thing with Thoreau, though, wasn't there? Didn't he have a penis problem? Yeah, he he was a pre
3: yeah pre uh,
0: a premature ejaculator. Yes. yes.
3: Yeah. And and Brent, just so you know, it's um, there's a the show's about an, a woman named Carrie Bradshaw, who's a writer. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. My my mic has been muted. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You guys you guys have fun. You guys Wait, enjoy no, yourself. but
0: I'll say like on the criticism, because one of the things about Unjust Just Like That, putting Sex and the City aside for a second. One of the things about Unjust Just Like That is that it has been criticized for the things that Elliot has talked about. That's sort of like it is just sort of almost a cartoon of the what these women were kind of even when they were sort of rooted in reality in the original run now they're it's kind of blown up in a crazy way i love it because i've always thought sex in the city is pure fantasy that's what it's meant to be and that that's that's the realm that's the world you're supposed to be going into and so i defended like you i think and just like that for those reasons but it's fair to say season one was absolutely bonkers. It was a season of the Flintstones. It was crazy shit. It didn't make any sense, but it set you up for season two, which I think arguably, yes, there was some, you know, Jetsons level crazy also happening within the Flintstone world. However, it made more sense and it made me hopeful for season three. So I want to know what, where do you think it's going? Like, is it getting better?
3: I definitely think it's getting better. Um, I think that, it gets That's better. right. That's the message of the show. <laughs> it gets better. It doesn't get worse. Um, but I I think that with you know, Sara Ramirez, I guess, is not coming back. Um oh, and, well, that was my that was the question I had for you, yes. You know, I and I I'm 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 at I'm very much at peace with that decision. Who who whoever made the decision, I don't know. I have a feeling like maybe one of one more character will be removed from the boards and i think that's a really good thing i i I have a love for all of the new characters but there are just too many of them it's just we're like spread a little bit too thin oh my god and well because the show is insistent upon like re like
2: adjusting like they so hyper corrected where they're like oh you think we can't have characters of color on this show we're gonna have more characters of color than white people and it's like (laughs) okay, but now you've also, like, that in and of itself has become, like, weirdly tokenizing. Mm -hmm. So, like, trying to find a middle ground where these people are, like, actual characters and not just, like, substitutes to, you know, to, like, clean Mm -hmm. up the, to sort of, you know, revise history. It's, like, wherever that lies, I I think, would be more comfortable. But at least getting rid of (laughs) Che uh, Che Diaz, which is, like, the whole time they were on the show, I was like, "Is this is this like Andrew Dice Clay? Like, what am I look like? What is this? You need to find che Diaz what is this Brett, vibe."
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just looked them up. Okay, the good, uh, Go so I'm, The whole I'm ge- thing I'm was sp- yeah. Out. What do you what do you is- think about
0: the Che? Where do you think the real hate came? Did Che Diaz sort of personify the forced sort of? uh, uh, diversification of Sex and the City, did did that character sort of become the punching bag for all of the criticisms, really, for And Just Like That, for the changes, I think? Because that's really where I'm at with it. I feel like they kind of got a raw
3: deal. And I'm glad they're gone, but at the same time, they got yeah, a raw deal. They did, and I think they represent... I mean, the idea that, like, the show is... is um I don't know, is behind culturally and Mm -hmm. that it's trying to catch up and that it's trying to sort of like prove its relevance. Um, Like it, it, I think it was very easy to, for the audience to be like, Oh, Che is what they, ticking off every box that they think needs to be ticked off. In truth, I feel like, I don't know. Che felt like a very realistic presence in, in the world to me. Like, uh, such outrage over Che's, Netflix special that was a comedy concert, which of course is not a thing, but I can a thousand percent imagine a world in which a comedian exactly like Che with Che's level of comedy, which I think we can all agree isn't funny. I mean, they've got some things to say. There was no stand-up. There was no
0: stand-up in that writer's room. Not one.
2: But I still remember them cutting to the audience at her their comedy concert, and it was all people with like rainbow stuff, and it was like Well, that
0: makes sense to me. That actually tracks for me because we do live in a world where social media stars like um, I I can't think of any off my head. But TikTok stars, queer TikTok stars go and think they can do stand up and their entire audience is essentially an audience of like queer TikTokers. And so that actually was rooted in realism to me. I think it jumped the shark when she when they were in the bed with with um, with Miranda doing the cameos that the cameo moment is really when that character went crazy and it became like, (laughs) no one knows what to do with this person. This person is off the rails. No one would do a cameo at 2 AM next to someone sleeping that crazily loud. It would not happen. It was truly crazy.
3: It was truly crazy, but it was obnoxious and, and Shay was obnoxious in many ways. And also by the way, the criticism that like, Che wasn't funny and the, the, no no comedian could experience Che's success if they were as unfunny as Che. I, I don't know about you. I can think of eight oh, to ten comedians that I've D. interviewed on homophilia yep. who had a comedy special. And I was like, mm-hmm. this person's not funny at all. Told them to their face yes. that they were. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of anyway, course. just the felt like truth. I, I, yeah.
2: I I, look, I think I said it on, on um, the podcast, but like... I, the show is, again. maybe it was more first season than second season, but watching it, I sort of watched like kind of like with one hand over my eyes because I just, it just felt so like creaky and I was sort of half interested, but I wanted to keep watching because it was so CGI and, and spacey. <laughs> but the best part about it was like, I've never heard a television show, no less a person say non-binary and podcast so <laughs> many times. It's like that show is obsessed with non-binary podcast podcasts. Again, I'm like, guys, chill out. Like, chill out. The world is not this one subsect of the Internet where all you talk about is millennial. But, but non-binary podcasts. We
0: are talking about it. The Internet did talk about it. Everyone was talking about that. So, like, kind of their job was done. They did it (laughs) like you, you were talking about it, you know? Matt, Matt, is it hard to say,
2: and just like that, out loud, and feel and not feel a, like a hundred years <laughs> old? Because that is my main problem with the show. <laughs> what A person under sixty goes and just like that? Like, no, that's initially the title is already like
3: creaky as fuck. It's all. It's all. I sound like I'm really mad at it, but no, I don't know. I. Don't know. I, I mean. I don't know that we needed a new title and like a new identity. I don't. I, yeah, I, I agree. I also would have been absolutely fine to just go back to the th- the three of the originals that were left standing and just sort of live in their rich yeah. uh, bubble. Correct. Um, yeah. Exactly. That would be exact. That would be
2: correct. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, well. How, how many times has television made that mistake? Where like. You know, I think the, the internet rightfully so has, has wanted, you know, diversity in entertainment. But when you, I think, accomplish that via really contrived methods, mm-hmm. right. it just almost always backfires. Always. And yeah. I and just it feel rings like so untrue. It, it rings so untrue. and like, But then you can have lots <clears throat> of diversity and and authentic casting. And, yeah, and,
0: it's possible um, to have and, those uh, other characters be central to the story <clears throat> and not make them ancillary. It's just you need better writers. i did not say that i mean for the record i said it shots (laughs) fired shots fired am i wrong like there's no unless it's a producer's choice that's what's happening but we do we i do because most people i mean i think the vast majority of people listening probably have not watched all of and just like that but they probably have some sense or have caught sex in the city on television and that's what you're doing now on and just like matt until the new season of and just like that starts so i wanted to ask you like what what do you think it is that queer people responded to about the original run sex in the city? And why has it maintained that sort of like queer audience? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause there is so it's like a thing that we have all heard a million times that like, these aren't these, these characters aren't even four women. These are four gay guys, you know, essentially in drag. Yeah. And, and, and I, I so don't, I, first of all, like, yeah, the show was created and run by, a gay man throughout, but like there were amazing women writers throughout oh, the run of the show. To, yeah, it's such a disservice. It's such a to, disservice to, women to them, to say that, and yeah. um, and uh, you know, recently we did the episode with uh, Tukus Lingus. Which this was, yeah. Brent. This is um, this is an iconic <laughs> is episode in episode. Sex and the City. Yes. I also when, need guidance here too. Took so Miranda, oh. one of our four gals, Brent. Miranda's got a guy who wants to start doing butt stuff, and and so she brings Rimming. this to the ladies. Rimming, say it, man. Yeah, I get, well, he does. He want to do more than just rim? I think he just he, wants to rim. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: Well, I, I also think she. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, can we focus on Elliot's face for a second? This guy <laughs> this guy's cringing like he hasn't like he doesn't have his PhD in anal. But anyway, continue. <laughs> oh on. This Why is God. the dialogue that would was- be happening
3: if the four characters actually were gay men. That's my point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Whereas in yes. this show, they're all like, I'm sorry but uh, butt stuff's on the menu now and it's like no, this is not how gay men would be talking about this concept. No. Um, <laughs> but I do think that what the show was honestly not in the beginning, but became, um was you know, a friendship love story and a found fa- and a, a chosen family story. And it still is uh, it, in the and just like that iteration. And like, you know, obviously that we all relate to that. And yeah um, of course. And it's like it's hard to say if I like you know, in my 20s, and, and 30s uh, it, when I was just slutting around and then sort of recapping and and like kind of dissecting men over brunch and, and mm-hmm. meals with my friends. If I would have done that, like, did I learn to do that from watching Sex and the City or did Sex and the City just just sort of mm. mirror back what I wanted to be? I don't know. No way to know. Yeah. It, see, it's interesting to
1: hear you say that, though, because you like I don't have that really that relationship with my friends insofar as I don't feel like I dissect, I dissect the, at this point, few sexual interactions that I have uh, on a yearly basis. But, but like, what was that like? I mean, like, can you explain what you mean by that? Like, would you go to brunch with your friends, your gay friends and like talk about like the guy, like the war, like the war that the guy had above his.
3: Would butt you talk about or, butt stuff with or? your
0: friends at at brunch? Yeah,
1: yeah, kind of.
3: I mean, I I I, brought, I, I was never a brunch person per se. Um, I don't know yeah, why that's is where I'm drawing the line. But like, but in a way, yeah, I, I I I guess I would I would I would meet guys, I would date guys where I knew from the moment that we met that it wasn't like oh he's not the one. It was like oh I actually dislike this person but i'm gonna do this anyway Mm -hmm. and a big part of it is this is gonna be a good story and i'm gonna i'm gonna enjoy retelling this with my friends and i don't know if that makes me a sociopath in some way but that was a that was a recurring theme like when i was I think it makes you a person
0: who lives in Los Angeles. Like, yeah, we'll do we'll yeah. do anything for the story, pretty much, yeah. you
1: yeah. know.
2: <laughs> and Alan, I want you to follow up on what you were saying before, how the show wasn't like about tutus and cosmopolitans or whatever. Because yeah. you, you were saying, and you didn't think it
0: was. Yeah, because I end. think you're focusing too much on the the glittery things and the things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And it was just sort of used as a a storytelling device to sort of push these characters along when in reality, like I think a great example of that is the episode that Miranda has her baby and big is moving to Napa. You know, you don't, you take a Napa, you don't move to Napa and that's a line. Mm -hmm. And these uh, are the lines you're missing, Brent. That's the kind of, these are the lines uh, you're missing. This is the (laughs) great lines.
1: I I think I'll be all right. (laughs) There is a great,
0: there's a great moment in the episode that is used in every promo of every sex in the city thing, even after the fact that promotes uh, and just like that, Carrie's walking towards the window she sees a shoe in a window and she goes hello lover and she's like obsessed with this shoe and Miranda while she's with Miranda you know Miranda single she's she doesn't care about the man she's with she doesn't want to raise the kid with him she's going through this whole thing kind of on her own and Carrie leaves her date leaves her date with a man who she deep down loves to then go be with her best friend in this beautiful outfit, in these crazy expensive shoes, just to hold her hand while she's pushing and like trying to break her water desperately. And then she does all over these fucking shoes. And it, it sort of, for me personifies the thing that I would do for any of you. You know what I mean? That what you do for your best friends, you take, you put it all aside, even if it fucks up your day or fucks up your week or fucks up your month and you go and you do it. And that is, For me, makes the story of Sex in the City. That episode is so emblematic of why it's so much
3: more than tutus and Jews. You know what I mean? I've And Elliot, I know you walked into a a Kith store and seen (laughs) a hot pair of Air Force Ones and said, Hello, lover. (laughs) I just, I mean, Alan, you're
1: very eloquent. eloquent, You're not wrong.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just remember like NYU freshman year, every single girl and gay guy were
0: like I'm
2: the Sam- I'm the Samantha yeah. and I was like get me well that's, that's what
0: I want to ask Matt because I know every single you I, I on my yeah of course on my golden girls podcast and we always had to tell guests don't ask us what golden girls we are because every single guest wants to ask us what golden girls we are and it gets boring for the audience but since you're we're not on your podcast we can ask you <laughs> what sex in the city character you are so which one are you
3: Oh, god i don't have a good answer i mean i think that i am a i am now a well i i think carrie because everyone thinks they're a carrie even if they're not but maybe there's a also yeah, there's like the, just the, the the writer piece i guess um and and i and I think I'm a charlotte and that's something that nobody oh. wants to be mm. when they're younger but now yes. especially rewatching uh, like in my my older years like goddamn she is such a good friend uh, like yes. pr- charlotte has oh, her oh, is that what she yes is? so yeah oh. i guess brent you could say charlotte is the rose of the group does that yeah. help sure i'm
0: probably not sure. for brent do you know that reference brent no. do you get that yes okay.
1: that's golden girls i'm just girls. saying
0: i don't know i don't know how much you remembered from doing my podcast in <laughs> the three episodes you watched i don't just, know
1: just because these shows don't have plane crashes in them doesn't mean i've never seen them
0: <laughs> yeah brent's like
2: what famous plane crash are you what
1: what gory
2: <laughs> what gory natural disaster are you man <laughs>
0: I have to tell you my, cause I, I don't think Elliot has one and I know Brent doesn't have one, but for me, I have to say, I also feel like I'm a Charlotte with a Miranda rising. Like I, mm. I inherently, I am a Charlotte in terms of like how I am with my friends, but I'm also like an Henri bitch and a lot of times and will gladly say no to something very quickly, like a Miranda.
1: Can I also actually, I will throw this out real quick uh, if you don't mind. Uh, I, again, I haven't seen a ton of episodes of sex in the city, but one of the most, one of the more memorable scenes I've seen of a TV show was the, the time when that woman falls out the window of like the high rise party and just the way it's executed. Uh, first of all, she, she, I'm forgetting the the actress, she does a great job playing Kristen Johnson, she did a great job playing like drunk and surly and and obnoxious. Um, and then just the way she falls out of that window Mm -hmm is so real that you le- just legit are like, oh my Nobody's God. Nobody's fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. And just gone. Like gone in a yeah. second. It's just like a really realistic, like I just remember f- watching that and feeling like it was like, you know, yeah like an actual gore video on Reddit or something. I mean, um, and it's and that oof.
0: video, that that scene, it's so interesting you say that because that scene is so important to the series because that's what sort of shoots Carrie to go in a different direction. that To decide mm-hmm. what she wants to do in that last season. I mean, that was a big... That was a big episode, Brent. So you saw you saw a good one.
1: So, yeah, so that's a we big moment. moment. A yeah, yeah <laughs> that was that was a plane
3: crash in a way. You know? It, it was. Out. Yeah, it, it was. was. Yes. Was. It was a
1: that's really that's what sticks in this crawl
0: right here. <laughs> well, Matt, thank you so much for doing this. Where can people find you on
3: the internet? Thank you so much for having me. Um they can find me uh, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm on I'm on Instagram uh, at the Matt why, why is it Matt Grassy? Oh, God, Elliot. So I, <laughs> I when I, I got married in 2022 and I, and my Congrats. husband, thank you. And, and my husband's last name is Grassy. And beforehand I was like, okay, I, this is a pitch. This is going to be weird, but like, hear me out. What if I took your name? And he was like, great. Yeah. If you hmm. And I was like, I, this fucking McConkie has fucking chased me my entire life. I can finally get rid of this thing. And a clean slate, Matt Grassi. I'm like, what a great name. Matt Grassi, Matthew grassy, Matt Grassi. Like I'm going to be a star. Yeah. I'm ready to, yeah. <laughs> to shed <laughs> my old identity and take on this new one. And he was like, yeah, great. Great. Just so you know, grassy is Italian for f- fats. Um, like, uh, <laughs> fats plural. Like if you, uh, grasso yeah. is sort of the singular Italian. If you do uh, grass anyway. And I'm like, okay, that's, an interesting twist, but fine, fine, fine. And it, so legally, my name is Matt Grassy. That's what's on my my IDs, my whatnot. But oh, wow. then I was like, "Oh, I I have been doing a podcast for like six years now with the name Matt McConkie, and the like the like three credits that I have are all Matt." McCon-. It was like, "Well, I'm not. I'm certainly not famous enough to reteach people a new name, but I'm. It was it was really out of." This this terror that like okay what if the five people who know who I am over the course of (laughs) twenty years in L A, they get a call and they say hey do you want to meet Matt Grassy and they're like don't know who that is no thank you game (laughs) over you know so then I'm frantically going back and trying to rechange my name on on everything anyway sorry such a terrible I love.
1: I love that you didn't think that through. You didn't think through changing your name. <laughs> you just did it. And then you were like, oh, that was a, a, comp- a comp- very well, I love. I that. love
0: that. I love it. And that's sweet. And that's love. That's love. Yeah. And we right. love love here. That's right. that's and we right. love you. And
3: in a way, that's what Sex and the City is wow. all about.
0: And just like that, there you go. <sighs> <laughs> the end. And just like that, the end. Great. Thank well, that you, was- Matt.
2: And another thing. So um, I've been fi- I've been finding <laughs> myself watching Long Island Medium.
1: Okay. Feeling uh, fi- As if this is a recent development. You, You've been doing yeah. that for are years. Are you feeling
0: homesick, Elliot? What's
2: going on? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah I was like, I, it's not, it, I just, I needed, I need something to just kind of like watch that's just like background mm-hmm. nonsense. And um, this fit perfectly in that it's, I've always loved the show and, it's no longer on TV. Where but do you like, watch I, it? It's like twelve seasons. It's on oh, Max. I'm gonna it or watch not. it then. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I and I only like the I only like the show when she's on Long Island, reading people from Long Island when they reference towns on Long Island that anybody watching the show who's not from Long Island would not have any clue. You met your quota for I Long Island
0: how, how, already, so
2: please, yeah, was, please be mindful it. of how love, far you
0: go in this. <laughs> I just love how
2: I love how strangely niche yeah. it is, but then I'm fascinated because. She does not seem to me like some sort of. Um, she doesn't seem intelligent enough or mm. rich enough to be some sort of charlatan. Yeah. Mm. She she just seems like somebody who has who. I I don't know I, I hate to I don't know what the right term is here and I want to ask you guys as well about whether you whether or not you believe in psychics or mediums or any ver, uh, version of that spir- spirituality. With her in particular, what I find really interesting is that she's a very, you know, Italian Catholic Long Islander who the way she receives messages from quote unquote, your loved ones yeah. is all through symbols, which is like, it's all very Catholic. I cannot Catholic. I cannot, icon- is it iconography? iconography? Yeah. Yeah. So she says, I have, a, I'm seeing a symbol for this. I'm seeing a symbol for that. And it's all very like, TJ Maxx home goods, you know, like like, like, tr- like, on the nose, yeah. cheesy as fuck. I see, bless but this, this like house symbol
0: with a heart. Right, I don't know what's
2: happening. I see the Dairy
1: Queen logo. <laughs> yeah. But
2: that's what she says. She's like, I see angel wings, which means this. I see this, which means that. And it's all so simplistic. Yeah. So in terms of the, the grand <laughs> scope of what yeah. it means to be a psychic and have contact with the dead yeah. – and and only in, and she only gives positive messages. Like there's all these rules yeah, that make yeah, it yeah. So, like somewhat conceivable in a weird way. So I'm wondering, like, just how does that read to you? and do you have any belief in psychic mediums or anybody of that nature?
1: Well, I uh, I'll go first. Um, fundamentally do not believe in psychics. Um, and i uh, I also to be fair, I wouldn't go to a psychic. Mostly, uh, purely because I don't want any sort of self-fulfilling prop- prophecy introduced into my mm. life. So I would genuinely never see a psychic, even though I don't believe in it. I don't want them to tell me I'm going to die in four years. And then I can't shake that for, you know, for for however long. But <clears throat> I've watched my, some of my favorite. And I'll keep this short, Alan, because I know you want to go oh, I'm too good. But my favorite YouTube uh, rabbit hole are psychic mm-hmm, fail videos. Mm-hmm. And I've probably sent – they're truly some of my top favorites, and I've, I've certainly sent them all yes. to you over the years. And they're so – it's so unbelievable sometimes how, um, how vague these psychics can be and how people can still believe yeah. it. Um, you know, like a psychic will come on stage. It's always amazing. They're always like um, – you know, uh, is there a Robert in the room, a Robert, a Dean, a, a, a Mary, a, a Jim? And it's, of course, it's always, you know, Anglo. It's always very Anglo because, of course, you know, this is in the UK or in the, in the United States. But you're like, there's never like, you know, a, a Sneha, you know, is there a Sneha in the crowd? It's like, well, there could be, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a dead person try to communicate with their daughter Sneha. And um. But, but so all of that is to say the, 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 the final take home I'm going to share with you, I watched a fail video once of a psychic who, has, who receives a photo and she starts giving, she starts talking to the person. So she has a photo and she's like, I'm, I'm communicating with this person. Of course, that person has passed yeah. away. And the, the loved ones and the audience stand up and they say, yes, you know, that's, that's we know this person. And, and this psychic is like, oh, your grandfather you know, he's, what's, what's he mean about the barn? Why is, why is he talking about the barn? And there's a little bit of back and forth. And then the, 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 the family members goes, says about the person in the picture, that's our grandmother. You're talking to our grandmother, <laughs> not our <Right>. grandfather. <laughs> and, and of course the psychic is like, Oh geez, sorry. And if, and the, you know, the picture showed this person who was in at the time in the <laughs> hospital and had a lot of hair. Um, but it was wild that they still like the family members still believed that the psychic was communicating with their loved one in the afterlife, yeah. wow. even though she got all of the details wrong yeah. and including the gender. And I it just, it, it just absolutely <laughs> shocked me. Anyway, Alan, go ahead.
0: <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't believe in psychics necessarily. I, I, uh, I once went to a psychic when I was a kid, well, teenager, um, in new Orleans, like on a vacation or a school thing or something, I forget. And they told me I was going to be famous, but I was going to die young. And I was like, "That's, wow. insane. Um, I mean, they, they, That's insane." I mean, It's insane. I didn't get hit by it too much. I was just like, "Well, at least I'll be famous. Um, right. uh, but I, it's so weird. I, I do enjoy that kind of stuff. And I enjoy sort of like spirit stuff and ghost stuff. And like, I enjoy that stuff. You know what I mean? I've always thought that like, because I'm not like scared of ghosts and stuff. They'd never want to come to me or talk to me or haunt me because I'm too like chill about it. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. While sure. like so many people around me do believe in it, won't use a Ouija board, like do believe in that kind of stuff or they don't, they don't want to mess with it. At least they're just like, no, that's just too much. I don't want to go there. Yeah, And I am a spiritual person and I do believe in sort of like some sort of universe that we can't explain or whatever. Like, I, I believe in that.
1: Angel If You believe in angel wings? I wouldn't wins. go that
0: far. But I do believe in some sort of, you know, reincarnation or something. Like, there's some sort of whatever out there. And I, that I don't understand. That we're too simple to understand. Even for Miss Long Island Medium. But that said, I do think, and I've always thought this, that part of the reason why her her messages are positive and part of the reason, I do think that there's a place, a therapeutic place for psychics. And, and there I is, do, and, and she, that, and she yeah. does capitalize on that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And Me, neither and, and do one I. The, that's why
2: I don't think she's. Awful. Yeah.
0: And so while I do think there's a lot of charlatans out there who are kind of doing bad things, I do think that, like, <clears throat> if she's able or any psychic is able to get in there and they know that someone is coming because of some sort of recent loss or something and they can give this person. Well, she, she doesn't know. Yeah, she doesn't. Well, it's all like, she knows something.
1: I, she I, knows something. I agree with what Alan is saying. Like, um, like you uh, providing comfort is uh, regardless of how horse shitty it yeah. is, um, is I think a, a service uh, is, a, is, you know, is a service to the individuals. Can I also say one more thing? Yeah. This is what blows me away <clears throat> about psychics. You know, they always, they pick someone from an, from the audience and they say, hey, stand up. And they go, I'm getting a J and an M and an R and a, and a Q and a, and a D. And they're like, yeah, D- Danny. My, you know, my my dad was named Danny. Mm. And they're like, yeah, I'm talking to your dad. And then and then all of a sudden you start, you know, your dad, your dad's talking about, uh, you know, the barn or this and all this shit. And you're like, but wait, 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 hold on. A minute ago, you didn't know his fucking name and now you're talking to him. I don't like that that alone is proof not to believe. It's like if Maybe you they are move communicating fast in with heaven Danny, you don't know <laughs> but that but that is but that's Maybe part, that's part
2: names. Of, But that's part okay. of the prop that's part of the inherent problem with it. It's like so it's coming through in pieces like static and they're only giving you certain information until like it's that in and of itself is problematic. How is there a way quote unquote to talk to a spirit yeah a ghost you know somebody it like there is no system which again is why i'm i am interested in teresa because she's like talking with symbols that are like cards but i want to say too i mean i could talk about it for a while but my favorite psychic fails i love that one brent's Mm. psychic fail but i also love 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 when cynthia uh oh yeah. Fuck. Oh, I know. Sylvia, Sylvia Brown. Brown. Sylvia Brown. Yes. Sylvia Montel Brown. Williams. Montel yep. Williams, and she's like, he's, in, feel... water. Oh, he's in the I water. I saw one the other day.
0: I saw one the other day. He's in the water. Sylvia it Brown. Like you feel the water. I saw one of the Sylvia movies was like, your father, your father molested you, didn't he? And I was just like, <laughs> oh how specific is she's she's well, is horrible. Like, she's a horrible I, woman. She's a horrible. Yeah, it was what was so. A kind not respectful but what is so kind of crazy about her is that like she had no fucks about being wrong she had no, no. fucks about
2: that's why it's amazing to watch her because she's r- ruthless yeah. un-
0: and so many of them so many hurt. of the people who listen to her are just like no no
1: so let me ex- let me explain to the listeners there's a very famous video of, of oh, Sylvia Brown it. on Montel Williams show and a woman is like uh, she starts talking about her 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 missing husband and they never found, they never found his body. And Sylvia Brown goes, he's in water.
2: <laughs> he's and, the, <laughs> and,
1: and the woman goes, no, he, he was in nine eleven. They never found his body. And here's, here's the really pathetic part. Um, of course, they, they Sylvia kind of tries to cover, and she's like, "No, I, no, I see him in water." And then Montel, fucking Montel, goes, "Well, you know, they they try to put out the fires with water." You know, <laughs> and, th- like, and that, and that's you the, fucking charlatan. Yeah. You piece see, that's of trash.
2: the that's the problem. It's like they th- in that scenario, or even on Long Island Medium again, which I'm voluntarily watching. It is c- catered around yeah. them so that so that the narrative is meant to, in the yeah. end, you know, sort of like like Montel's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Wa- there was water in nine eleven. It's like. That's that's almost (laughs) meaner. That's almost less thoughtful than Sylvia being completely wrong and just lying to these people's face.
1: There is a brilliance. I, I, one of the last things I'll say, uh, there is a brilliance to watching these performers because of course they're, you know, it's, it's, it's quackery. Uh, They're charlatans and they're performing, but they are so brilliant at, rolling with the punches getting things wrong and 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 largely being undeterred by it mm-hmm. um, I mean can you imagine I mean granted obviously if you're playing theaters as a psychic you've you've done it long enough but imagine getting out on stage and presumably knowing nothing about anyone there and you have to touch mm-hmm. upon some generic enough letters and <laughs> and memories to make a few people cry such that everyone is glad they paid 80 bucks to see you that night and I just think that's uh, it might be immoral, but it is fascinating to watch.
2: Yeah. Do you think that? that I mean, yeah. D- do you think um, How- I, Howard Stern f- very much hates psychics and thinks them thinks of them as just complete charlatans? And when Valerie Burton, uh, not Val- Valerie Harper, mm-hmm. was dying of cancer, yeah. she also was not was did not believe in psychics. And so they have a secret word that she gave him and said oh, if you can right. if someone ever figures out the word then you can be aware you know you can then believe that a psychic is, has that possibility and they've had i think like dozens of psychics call in to say what that word is and it's just of course they've no one's ever gotten the word but you can even hear in their in their bullshit they're like i think the word is
1: love <laughs> He's like the word's, no,
0: not, we're not- <laughs> word's not love no the word is not love you know the words like Bumblebee or something like something yeah crazy.
1: i was thinking <sighs> oh my god that's so weird wow,
0: maybe you're a psychic read my maybe future maybe there is maybe something read my there. future
1: brant what's my future <laughs> oh you're gonna die soon <laughs> i'm just kidding
0: i was kidding you like you have to stress that i was trying i was
1: trying to i was trying to do a callback but i i, I did, it felt bad saying you were gonna
0: die oh you have a heart
1: uh edit out the nope. part of me apologies. not doing it uh, well then, podcast canceled. Okay.
2: <laughs> what would what your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Are you
3: telling me
1: they didn't find him in water? <laughs>
2: <laughs> My Aunt Joanne would say, well, did the Fosters only foster non-Jews? <laughs>
0: What about Ann? Ann would say, I can see in the future, and it knows I'm going to eat the
1: cookie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for uh, listening. I am Brent Sullivan, and good night. <laughs> you fucking faggot. <laughs>